Welcome to Insight Aviation, helping you to take a look inside the world of captains, aerospace professionals, air traffic controllers, and much more. Learn how they got started, where they are now, and their advice for aspiring aviators. This series is brought to you by Wayman Aviation Academy. Learn to fly with a safe, reliable, professional academy. Located between Miami and Fort Lauderdale in sunny South Florida, USA. Enjoy the training and cosmopolitan life with Wayman's 42 aircraft, six airline partners, and two bases to help you be the captain. Be the captain. Be the captain. Be the captain. Welcome to Wayman Aviation Academy. The thing that sets Wayman apart from other flight schools here, basically the location, fleet size, being able to provide high quality training. They have the resources, they have the fleet, they had everything I was looking for to start my career as a pilot. Wayman is a very airline-oriented operation. The Academy offers complete ab initio flight training programs and courses. Get to know each student because each student is different. Wayman Aviation Academy operates a large fleet of more than 40 airplanes and full motion flight simulators. Here, maintenance is priority number one, and we take pride in what we do. Realizing your dreams at Wayman is within reach. I choose Wayman. I choose Wayman. I choose Wayman. Wayman Aviation Academy, developing the skills and attitudes for safe, successful, and professional pilots around the world. Changing lives through aviation. Hello and welcome to the Wayman Aviation-sponsored Insight Aviation podcast, where we find aviation professionals from throughout the country and the world to tell us about their experiences in aviation, how they got started into the industry, and how you can also join the aviation industry. So today we have a special guest, a longtime friend of Wayman Aviation, the Wayman family, uh, Mr. Steve Nazer, commonly known as Steve-O One Knievo. Hello, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Hey. Everything is good. Great. Pleasure to have you on here. You know, we've been trying to set this up for a while now and like the stars aligned uh, to make this happen. Um, so before we get into it, of course, we've got some people live here in the Zoom. We've got some people watching us on Facebook Live. I'd love it if in the chat, in the comments, you let us know where you are. Some people are already chiming in. Someone here from Iraq. Uh, that's awesome. So let us know where you're sitting. If you're sitting you know, off on the other side of the world. If you're here in South Florida where we are, if you're in South America, let us know. Same thing if you're on the Facebook Live, go ahead and let us know in the comments where, you're, where you are. And for those of you that are in the Zoom, uh, this is a Zoom webinar. So we have this Q&A button right down here. So if you want to ask questions and answers, go ahead and hit that Q&A button and we'll get to those questions at the end. I'm sure your fans, the audience have a lot of good questions uh, for you. Uh, so I'd love to start really with right now. What are, what are you working on? What do you have your hands in, Steve? Well, I do have some exciting things coming up uh, as far as my channel is concerned. Uh, it's a little bit top secret right now. We're going to be announcing it here soon, officially. So there's going to be a lot of cool things coming up I can't talk about now. But uh, coming up at the end of July here, Oshkosh Air Adventure. Very excited for that. I got a few videos planned that I'll be filming up there. And Excellent. I think we're going to do some dog fighting and some... Uh, Whoa. fighter jets so <laughs> and i think i got to find another social media person to uh try to shoot me down and i'll try to shoot them down virtually but in oh, the nice. real airplane wow that'll be fun so very so, mysterious yeah. you got a lot of mysterious stuff going on <laughs> yeah. i know unfortunately you got to keep things on the hush hush a little bit until it can be officially announced sure. but no yeah excited for air adventure coming up here well, that's a great place for us because we're kind of in the air show season, right? Between Sun and Fun and Oshkosh, it's kind of air show season. Um, I missed you at Sun and Fun. I think we just kind of crossed days. And uh, I'm not going to be at Oshkosh this year, but my brother, Wayman Alfredo, will be there. He's had an opportunity to, well, he's known you for years and years through Dyer Sakata and uh, been on many of your videos. Uh, are you in any official capacity there at, at Oshkosh with anybody? Uh, yeah, well, I got a meetup schedule that's all posted at stevo1canevo.com. I got a Wednesday noon meetup. At, you know, I'll be there all week, but Wednesday at noon at the uh, Runway 36 clothing booth, uh, Bose on Friday at noon, the Bose display, and then Pivot Cases uh, Saturday at noon. I keep it all at noon to make it easy to remember. <laughs> it, does make it, <laughs> it does make it easy. You can sleep in, but the heat is going to be hitting. I, I, I had an opportunity to go to Oshkosh about... It was pre-pend. It has to be about three, at least three years ago. And I've done Sun and Fun since I was a kid because I'm here in Florida. But it was my first time up at Oshkosh. And just the scale of it kind of blew me away. It's got to be at least three, four times larger. 
Oh yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I I stay there all week, and it's it's such a fun week to hang out with all your social media friends and aviation enthusiasts. It's it's a it's a blast. Yeah, I'm a, I'm bummed I'm missing it. So so my brother, who knows well, is not only going to be there with uh, uh, with Dyer Sakata, uh showing off the new 960, which I think he just flew it in the the first unregistered one. He just flew it in this last weekend from France. Uh, interesting trip. I'm sure he'll tell you about it. And uh, but he's going to be up there showing it off, and he's taking his wife and kids, and they're going to go to I think called something called like Junior Venture, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's like a kid camp that lasts the whole week, and the kids you know build airplanes and have the kind of their own space at Oshkosh. So I had no idea this happened. I think I have to make a point of going up there with my own two boys and letting them have the the full experience. Yeah, yeah, that new TVM 960 that is amazing. I got to check it out at SunFun and. It's a game changer as, what, as far as the uh, new features on it. Fully FADEC engine and everything. It's amazing. I hate to uh, to to kind of conjecture, but any idea what the delay was in the FA certification? I think it's happened a few times. Every time they put new big features in a plane, like with the new Autoland system that was in the 940, it took a little bit for that one to get approved. It's just when they go big changes with the, you know, that's usually a lot harder to get things approved real quick. Well, that makes sense. It gets very technical. Uh, so you, I mean, your day job, right? Your in and out is in the TBM. Uh, tell us about the plane you're flying. I know you said you recently got it repaired. Yeah. Uh, so my full-time job, I fly for a private company out of Miami, Opelika. It's a TBM 850, single engine turbo prop for those who don't know that. And it's a 2006 model. I mean, so it's not the newest airplane in the sky, but uh, yeah. So the other day I had a uh, took off. And I, my pressurization totally went out as after I rotated. Oh, so I was like, okay. okay, I was just going to St. Pete from Miami, which is a 45 minute flight. So I'm like, okay, I, beautiful day. I got to get the boss there. So I'll just stay low. And, you know, I think it was at like 8,500 feet just to get there. And then when I was coming into land, uh, I cleared the land. I put the landing gear handle down, nothing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I had the boss on board, the one boss that, hates flying so i'm like for all the people to be on board you know that was not the flight to have all this going on so Mm. i you know i tried again the landing gear handle nothing again so i contacted the tower and i I said you know tower uh clear st pete tower i got i'm not my landing gear is not coming down and they said we'll go for a low pass and we'll verify so yeah i did the low pass uh Mm. i said yeah uh 851 tango bravo your landing gear is not down so I went missed and I figured let's just declare an emergency and I, I don't want to have to deal with uh, normal, you know, pilot duties of uh, airplane that's not having issues. I have to focus on emergency checklist. I, you know, I don't know the whole outcome of this. So there's no hurt in declaring an emergency when you got something like this going on. So they put me into radar vectors. I pulled out the emergency checklist. And once a year you go to training, you know, I go to SimCom once a year and you practice this maneuver every year. And it was just like I was in the simulator. I didn't, you don't panic. You'd go with that checklist. At the same time, in my mind, I'm like, I really hope this works like it does in the sim and actually works out. But uh, sure enough, I had the uh, landing gear checklist, you know, completed. I manually pumped the landing gear down within, I'd say, three, four minutes. I returned right back around for a nice smooth landing. And, you know, on short final, they said, yes, your uh, landing gear appears to be down. But due to good training, uh, an emergency that could go the other direction when it goes a good way. Just always take your training seriously and it pays off in the real world. You know, that's what the training is all about. You know, I tell people you really learn how to fly, especially like in these Cessnas in the first 10, 20 hours, like you can fly the plate after that. It's uh, of course, navigation, communications and safety, 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 safety. It's all what happens in case of this? What happens in case of that? What if you do this? What if you do that? That's what all the training is for. And I was reading an interesting one, which is, you know, there's very few other careers where your job is on the line every six months, right? Not only for, for the sim, but also for the medical. Yeah. <laughs> right? So like every six months you show up and either you keep your job or you don't. And that's kind of crazy, but, you know, we do it. We love it. It's, it's what we know how to do. Um, so we'll bring it back to your situation. The TBM is such a modern, sophisticated machine, which I don't even know how many computers and systems on board, but when it comes down to it, I, I want to say it's like a manual pump or a crank to get your gear down, right? Yeah. What it is, is you go through a bunch of little steps, but there is 
in between the two seats up front, there's a floor hatch you'll pull out. And after you get to the step of where you're going to be doing this, there's a manually pump that you pump. And I was at about 40, 45, and still nothing was happening, you know, 45 pumps. And you can go up to like 65 is where it should eventually happen. And it was right around 45 or so is where it finally hit. And I got the three green. But when I was getting close, you know, farther into that procedure, I'm like, I didn't feel any pressure. Like in the simulator, this is where it's a little different. In the simulator, you start to feel more pressure on the the pump handle. And in the real world, there was no pressure at all until the very ending. So I, that's where I did get a little bit nervous thinking, well, what if this isn't really working, but it worked out perfect. And what the issue was, so I'll tell you what's even harder is getting a ferry permit from the FAA. So I had to fly the airplane from St. Pete to uh, Pompano where the maintenance facility is. And, you know, it's a broken airplane. So I to get the ferry permit, you got to go online and it's, it's a whole bunch of steps you got to fill all up yeah. and you got to get a mechanic to look at the airplane. And uh, so it, it, was, it took about 24 hours for me to get it approved. So, you know, I had to get a hotel room and there's a whole bunch of stipulations in that ferry permit. Like a mechanic had to come go look at the airplane. Uh, you have to fly it with the circuit breaker pop for the landing gear circuit breaker. Uh, the gear has to remain down the entire flight. Like they, they list out everything that's a, and necessary for you to be able to fly that airplane on that ferry permit to get it fixed. So that that's the yeah. steps of how it all worked. Yeah, that's well. I'm I'm glad you got it down safe. And you, I think. So did you have? Did uh, did Dyer have a mechanic come out there to St. Pete to see it? Did you go with somebody that was on the field to just? I went with somebody on the field. Nightingale Aviation. It's this uh, shop right next to uh, Signature uh, Flight Support there at St. Pete, and I've used them. I'm going to tell you what, I think I've got bad luck at St. Pete. <laughs> Every time I go there, I get stuck. Last time I was there, my generator failed <laughs> and I was stuck there for oh, like no. four days. So is it uh, Wittick or the north side, the St. Pete? It's a St. Pete Clearwater International. All right. I've only ever flown into Albert Wittick on the south side. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a cool little airport. Beautiful airport with the hangar restaurant and you're landing right over the bay and the sailboats are right there. Dolly Museum's next door. My cousin lives yeah, right cool. there. That's why I go there. Um, so bad luck in the Bay Area, huh? Every time I go there, I, I, something ma- massively breaks down on the airplane. So, and so I used the same mechanic as the last time I was there when something broke down bad, which was the generator. I mean, it's good to have you know someone you trust, someone's friendly uh, to go out and check things for you. Um, so, so sorry I came across it, but the airplane's airworthy now. You're back to flying. Yeah, we got took it back to Opelika the other day, and uh, tomorrow I think I'm going up to Tennessee, maybe. So we'll see what happens. Nice. Excellent. So again, for people that don't know the TBM 850, it's just a beautiful beast of a plane, PT-6. It's a, the fastest single-engine turboprop aircraft on the market, right? Or at least now the TBM family is. Now it's the 960. Um, but I was impressed because I think someone compared it to me. You don't really understand how fast it is until you realize that it, I've been told, and confirm me if, correct me if I'm wrong, that it can fly from Miami to New York in three hours, like a 737. Is that about right? Uh Miami to New York, it would probably be about three hours and 45 minutes or four hours, depending on the routing and weather. But um, it's, yeah, we've taken it from Miami nonstop right to Chicago. Uh, So yeah, it's got a good range for a single engine airplane and good, you know, good speed. And fast, you know, because that's what an airliner would take to get up there. And, uh, and, you know, it's a six seater, right? And, and just like, uh, it's interesting that you have it in this, um, uh, fractional kind of shared ownership because um, it's it's kind of an owner operator plane for the most part. So you meet these really interesting people that not only uh, can fly their own plane, but you know in order to afford a three four million dollar plane, you've got to be doing something really interesting. So <laughs> they're all like business owners, uh, lawyer, I think lawyers, doctors. Is that what you're flying? Uh, yeah, I just fly uh, company employees of the private company that I fly. But you know they own the airplane. They you know they have it. Me just fly the company employees around. It's beautiful. So it's beautiful. I don't get to meet strangers. I know everybody I fly because it's That's all nice. just. Yeah. So you got some nice uh, camaraderie and network going on there. Um, so we mentioned this right before the we started recording. I've had a lot of airline captains. We had Captain Alfaro, the Miami International Chief for American Airlines here uh, just last month. We've had a lot of airline captains, but we really haven't had a lot of corporate executive pilots. And that's I love. Uh, yeah, I love the lifestyle of. What I do, the corporate lifestyle, I, to me, I like being in the, uh, it's a better quality of life to me. 
I just think it's a lot more fun being able to go into the little FBOs around the country or, you know, the world wherever you fly to. And uh, you don't have to deal with the mass big international airports and the terminals with all thousands of people. I just like it being a little bit more low key. It's a really a lot of fun, this type of lifestyle. It is. And over the last, uh, you know, two, three years of the pandemic, while well, the airlines took a big step back and they're back like 110 percent now. But what grew dramatically was, of course, cargo and executive travel. Anyone that was that could afford it and really was on the fence about it before, they went for that, you know, NetJets membership or EXO or whatever it is, or bought into fractionals. And there's just been this balloon in business aviation. Um, now, I know you work for, for uh, a, a private owner, a private group, but I imagine you've seen that flying into all these FBOs around the country. Oh, yeah, for sure. The FBOs have gotten so much busier. Like Banyan, back in the pandemic there, they said they had their record fuel sales for you know jet a jet fuel that they've ever had it's like these fbos are in i talked to all the pilots and they say yeah they their schedules are so busy because everybody's flying corporate now if they can afford it yeah it's really interesting you know and as as we uh you know climb climb out of the pandemic you know it's there's still strains and everyone's getting sick and i've got some family members that are under the weather right now and i'm like well you know just stay home but um I think that's one of the legacies that's going to go off. There's been like this growth in corporate aviation. I don't think it's going to go away. You know, it might be tamped down by the economics and all that, but uh, I think it's going to stay pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so too. So I'm really curious about your route to get into that executive seat. Because like I said, a lot of people know, I mean, the flight school here, we like to say that we've carved out a path, you know, through the woods of flight training and, uh, you know, get to be to being a flight instructor and off into our airline partners. But a lot of people don't want to be flight instructors, have zero interest in being flight instructors. We've had some students have great success going off and doing other things. And because it takes a certain kind of person, personality, patience to work with students and, and, and teach them. So it's a, it's a great and kind of proven track for, for, that we've developed to have our graduates kind of build the time to go to the airlines. Uh, but I understand you didn't follow that track. You kind of went into, into the industry on your own. Yeah, uh, well, I went to flight school at Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport at Airborne Systems. They're not even in business anymore. But I'm going to tell you right now, I wish yeah. I wish that uh, I had Wayman Aviation. I wish I would. your facilities there at North Perry are amazing to me. Like when I've taken a tour of everything. And uh, I would have loved to have had a flight school like with you when I was doing my training. But yeah, I, I didn't even plan on doing it for flying as a career. I got the Montgomery GI Bill being in the Coast Guard, which paid for 60% of all my flight training after the private pilot license. So I used that to get all my ratings just because you know, I liked flying. And then one day I found out at Fort Lauderdale International here, they were hiring first officers on Fairchild Metroliners. And I applied and got a job as a co-pilot at 400 hours. And I, I told you earlier, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at 400 hours. I think, I think yeah. the limits should definitely be higher for that. <laughs> but uh, and which they are now. Oh, it's funny because you talk to people and most people tell you that at about 500 hours is when they started feeling comfortable in a plane, right? Yeah. Like we can get in and you kind of know your way around. We were joking, you can't even find the on switch at 400 <laughs> hours. And you get a commercial license at 200, 250 hours, right? So there's still quite a learning curve there. Um, so you learn to fly airborne systems, all your all your ratings there in Fort Lauderdale Executive? Yeah, Fort Lauderdale Executive, same flight school throughout all my ratings. Huh? And, uh, you know, I just I started flying as a first officer. And well, then you know, I went to Saab 340s after that. And then one day I decided to, it was all, that was uh, part 121 flying. And then one day I was like, well, I, I got a job offer to fly corporate, you know, like charter mm -hmm. jobs out of a uh, same four hour executive. So then I switched over to ch corporate probably like two years into flying for 121. So, and a lot of people ask, well, how did you get from that 200, 250 hours to 400? Was that just going out and weekend flying and renting and time building? Yeah, it'd be me and my friends. We'd all go out and uh, fly around, just keep flying for fun. You know, we just had a blast flying around Florida, go get lunch or place different places and stuff. And uh, hamburgers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, so that's excellent. All right. So you come across opportunity at 400. And I have to tell you, I'm seeing more and more kind of like five, like people kind of getting picked up at 500 hours for SIC, second in command. Right. Um, so, for example, the TBM is not doesn't doesn't require a second pilot. Right. Um, is there opportunity for someone to fly an SIC on a TBM or anything like that? 
Um, with me, uh, no, I couldn't do that with my job. But uh, I mean, climb to three five zero dot com is an employment aviation employment site that I direct a lot of people to uh, for different flying gigs. You know, co pilot stuff. You know, like Makers Air out of Fort Lauderdale right now. They advertise on that. They're yeah, water, they switched to uh, Makers Air now. These oh, they're Makers. Water makers. Okay. And they're hiring co-pilots on the caravans, which is an amazing opportunity for someone to get into the caravans and fly as a co-pilot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, so- Rob over at Tropic Ocean, same thing, caravans and flying all around the Caribbean. And I think you, you that was the corporate you were talking about, right? You've got to, got to do all that Caribbean flying. Oh, yeah. I've, got, I've been to almost every island in the Bahamas you can think of that has a runway. Um, I mean, what was amazing is they uh, – the Bahamian people, I love their culture out there, and they made me a flying ambassador to the Bahamas probably, oh, I think, like cool. three, four years ago. And they had a really cool ceremony out there at Freeport for me. Yeah, I feel so privileged and happy to be part of their you know, community out there. What does it entail to be an ambassador, a flying ambassador for the Bahamas? You basically are there to help guide people along. It's on the government website. It mm-hmm. lists all the different flying uh, ambassadors. And you can reach out to them and they'll help guide you along to fly your airplanes if you want to fly out there, you know, privately or anybody that has questions, we're there to answer them for them. Sure. And then just also to help promote, you know, general aviation in the Bahamas. You know, I kick myself because I've done most of my flying down here, but I've never really flown the islands. I think I've flown to the Bahamas like twice in my flying experience. And uh, a year ago, maybe two years ago, I had a similar interview uh, with Rob, Rob Barkin, if you're out there. Hey, Rob. Uh, and he was kind of kind of like laid out like what it takes to fly to the Bahamas. Pandemic comes and they've thrown on all of these uh, health requirements now, right? Like you got to, I think you still have to do the, um, the testing and a special kind of like health passport type thing uh, is all that still happening in the Bahamas. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it changes weekly, but now uh, as of right now, they are not even requiring testing to get back in the United States anymore. Oh, um, they, they stopped that. So that was a really nice thing because I love to go out to the Bahamas, but if I went to test positive and I'm still feel perfect, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to come back to the United States. And now you're mm-hmm. stuck out there. And if you got it, if you have a job, like with me, I'm the only pilot for my company. <laughs> I don't think they'd be too happy if I was stuck no. out in the Bahamas because of that. that but yeah, they got rid of that. They got rid of that testing to come the, back in. I think I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to get an APIS sticker, and I'm going to start doing it. You know, I've, I've got this little project. I call it the Flying Circus. I'm flying. Um, so I've got a 12 and a 13-year-old, and I've been flying a lot more recently. I, I finally picked up my commercial multi and single. And basically, I, I have. they're not going to summer camp. So my goal is to fly with them every weekend. Uh, around Florida, maybe we'll start dipping into Georgia and stuff like that. I'm trying to find destinations, and uh, what well, Bimini is like 30 minutes away. <laughs> yeah, super quick and easy to get there. Yes, yeah. a lot of people think it's really intimidating to fly out there, and when you really get do it a few times, you're going to see it's really easy, and it's not as intimidating as most people think. Hmm. Maybe I'll take you up on that as an ambassador and uh, do like a, a sprint to Bimini or something. I feel like I just have to break the seal. Right. No, Bimini is awesome. That's so yeah. quick to get there. And there's, a, I mean, the water there and everything you can do there is really a lot of fun. Excellent. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. Um, yeah, so so far on the list, we've been to uh, St. Pete, visited my cousin. Then we went up to Ormond Beach, which I was really impressed with. Ormond Beach Airport itself, kind of a mess. but uh, So we ended up flying into Daytona. And man, I hadn't been. So my brother, you know very well, uh, Wayman Alfredo, uh, Embryo Class of 93. And so I remember going to Daytona 20 years ago, and it was a sleepy little town. And an Embry-Riddle was nice, but it was it was small. And it looks like you're pulling up to an airport when you're there. Like, it looks like a full airport terminal with, with its own tower. It's very impressive up there. Um, and then, of course, we got out to Ormond Beach, and that part of Florida is just beautiful right there. On yeah, the, yeah, for sure. Like Jacksonville coast. But we're, we're on a big tension right here. So, um, all right, so executive world, you're flying sobs. And uh, you're with, with makers, they're called now, flying around and pretty formative. Uh, how many hours did you put on in that period? Oh, man, it was flying a lot. We would average like we were almost running up to our uh, time limits for like your periods of time. Wow, that the much? regulations. Yeah, we were running right up to the regulations. That was with my Sky Limo job and my first airline job that I took. But we were flying so much. But no, it was a lot of great flying and going into single pilot you know, where you're the captain and there's no co-pilot mm. when, you know, single pilot ops, it's, it's challenging and it's a lot of fun though. 
Yeah, because you're everything, right? You're flight planning, you're dispatch, you're the meteorologist, you're everything on the flight. You're loading the bags. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A lot of responsibility, that's for sure. That's actually bad. Like you said, you get to know all your passengers, especially like in a, in a, in a single owner or, or group ownership kind of situation. You really get to know them. So this is a common recurring question I get a lot. It's just those first thousand hours are the, are the most difficult. And to anyone that's bumping along there at 300 hours or 600 hours, like now is your moment. You know, like you said, start looking around, join the groups, join. Uh, are, you, are you a member of any of the organizations like uh, OBAP or LPA or any of those? AOPA, I mean, AOPA? yeah. Great organization, <laughs> card carrying members, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then networking, just getting out there because in in aviation, it's such a small community. You know, it's it's literally worldwide, but it's a very tight community. So you come across the same people all the time. That's what's so special about places like Oshkosh and, and Sun and Fun is kind of where everyone gets a chance to, to gather, uh, look at the latest toys, kind of share notes about what's going on. Um, so what would be your advice now to someone that's, that's, you know, starting to get into it? You know, maybe they're a private pilot. Maybe they haven't even done a discovery flight yet. What would you tell someone who's like, who wants to jump in? Just, I mean, make sure it's right for you. Like get, go on a discovery flight at your local airport and just make sure that like something like that is actually something you would enjoy. I mean, the idea of flying airplanes to me is amazing, but I mean, I didn't know if I would enjoy it, but that first discovery flight, I was like, well, this is really cool. But it took me many years after that with funding, you know, I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't afford to get my ratings when I was a young guy. So, but I would say definitely just go to the airport, get your discovery flight, find a good flight school. If you're in South Florida, Wayman Aviation, <laughs> I heard you guys got Sally May approved. So yeah, yeah that's people a big financing. One. Yeah. Well, the biggest obstacle really for most people is financing. Just like you said, you got to use a GI bill. We're VA authorized. Um, we work with a lot of universities and we, Sally May has been wonderful to us. Uh, we this is brand new actually in the last 30 days. So we had regular kind of Sally Mae loans, and they upgraded us to basically collegiate Sally Mae loans. So now uh, you get higher approvals, lower rates, right? So we went from about a 30% approval to almost 62% of uh, people get approved for financing, all the way up to 90,000. The whole thing in living expenses. So I think that'll help a lot more people get started in uh, in flying in aviation. But with your Coast Guard experience and now your commercial uh, certificates, you weren't interested in pursuing Coast Guard aviation? Miami Air Base Miami is right there at Opalaka. Oh, I wish. Um, my ASVAB scores back in the day, I, could, I couldn't get high enough to get into the aviation <laughs> section of the Coast Guard. Uh, you got to get really high scores to be selected, to, you know, go through to be an officer in the Coast Guard. So I... I decided to just go the regular on the with the cutters, you know, the ships that they have. They call them cutters, Coast Guard cutters. But uh, no, I would have loved to have gone into aviation back then. But yeah, it just it didn't work out for me. And so parallel to all this, you started making videos, right? Was it just kind of like an interest that you just kind of got a GoPro one day and started, or how did that come about? Yeah, I, I mean, I've always loved uh, photography, and. Back in 2006 is when I started my YouTube channel and I just named it after, you know, my name isn't even an aviation name, Steve one Canivo. It's not even aviation, but uh, I just like filming and where everything changed. I was the GoPro aviation audio cable. I got that like years after when it first came out, that cable where you plug it into your GoPro. Then now you can talk to the camera. Yeah. And I went from 3000 subscribers to not ever be able to talk to a camera to now we're over a half million. Yeah, but, uh, congratulations. And it's all you being able to talk to the viewers, you know, otherwise music, putting music to just aviation footage only goes so far. To me, okay. I, if you're doing an AV, like a YouTube channel, you always, the key to making a good video is to entertain people and educate people. If you can, you know, educate people, like show like something that you're doing and people can learn from it a little bit in their way. And actually entertain people too at the same time. You, uh, to me, I think that's what a good like YouTube video consists of. Yeah, you kind of fill a sweet spot there because you know your videos aren't aren't too short. They're not excessively long. You know, I think your regular videos are probably like 20, 30 minutes, something like that, right? Uh, you pick usually pick a fun destination like Cedar Keys or you know visiting uh, the pigs out in the Bahamas. Uh, so uh, and when we get to ride along in what's pretty rarefied air, right? Because 
I think we've all seen lots of Cessna cockpit videos, right? I, my students put them out like every day. I feel like I see I see student cockpit videos, and you're right. You've seen one good landing, you've seen one bad landing, kind of seen them all. The music changes sometimes, but um, you know, there's only about a thousand TBMs I think out in the world, and so that's uh, something you don't usually get that inside view of, right? Um, so it's it's a, a unique cockpit. And, and you do a good job of carrying it and kind of explaining what you're doing. Have you had any favorites over all the videos you've made? Tom, uh, just recently when I flew at the United States Air Force Thunderbirds, that yeah, is by cool. far my favorite video I've ever made. I mean, or my favorite experience in aviation I've ever had was that one. Yeah. But besides that, like I like back a couple of years, many years ago, I filmed with the United States uh, Coast Guard when we oh. did some rescue in the Dolphin. Okay. Uh, that was amazing too. I just love working with the United States military, you know, with Coast Guard, the Air Force, any yeah. of the other branches. I really give a lot of respect to all the men and women that serve our country and to be able to showcase like what they do. And I think that's amazing. But my favorite yeah. experience ever was flying the F-16. And I, like I, I, he actually, the calls, his name was Primo. He actually let me yeah. take the F-16 and fly it for like about 12 minutes total. Nice. And it was, it was epic. I mean, I, it's a fly-by-wire system. Okay. And just the slightest maneuver, that stick, and you're just spinning, looping. It's it's yeah. so much fun. Is that 12 minutes loggable? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I didn't log. <laughs> I just logged it in my memory. That's all that yes. <laughs> uh, Well, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, everybody that flies in the military, which is a great branch, uh, a great way to, to pursue an aviation career, you know, if, if you do well in your ASVABs, you don't have the finances otherwise for civil. You know, I definitely looked at the Air Force when I was about 17 doing my ASVABs. And I just decided I was too much of a pacifist to go that route. Yeah. And uh, uh, every single one, every single person I've met from the military, they're all just constant professionals. You know, yeah. it's, it's very demanding of them, and they're and they're great. Every single one of them. And those of the those of them that have gone into the civil world, like like Rob at Tropic Ocean, really carry that professionalism uh, with them. It's it's really interesting. Uh, so the Thunderbirds that had to be a bucket list item. I mean, that was. And the problem is, is, I never experienced this, but like when you get to finally experience a bucket list, AV, or like, you know, a bucket list item in your life. And like, that was like the top of it. I'm like, now what? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I guess I got to create a new bucket list item. So my new bucket list item would be to go up into space. That's what uh, I was thinking. Totally. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I never thought I'd be able to fly with the Thunderbirds. So you just never know. You got to have that bucket list item and going to space and doing a cool video would be amazing to do something like that. It's more achievable now than ever before. I mean, SpaceX is launching, I think, every two weeks uh, wow. from Cape Canaveral. It's, it's, you know, I was a huge space nerd. I went to space camp when I was a kid, and uh, I always had my eye on it. I was super sad when the space shuttle program ended, and I'm so glad to see uh, the U.S. and SpaceX going back out there and, uh, and all the other programs that are building up around uh, Titusville. Uh, you know, not far away at all. Actually, on our flight back from Mormon Beach this last weekend, I told my boys, like, hey, look out the left window, and there's, like, the massive space shuttle uh, runway. I have to do a low a low pass awesome. one day. I know they'll allow that. Um, you know what's cool? You know what I'd like to see, like, the, anybody that's watching this video, like, leave it in the comments. Like, what would their bucket list yeah. item be? I'd like to hear, like, read the comments and see, like, what their bucket list item would be. That'd I'll be tell cool. you mine. I want to go supersonic. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think it'd be super cool. Um, I, I doubt you did on that flight with the Thunderbirds, but uh, you know, those. No, we, we topped out at like 600 miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're and, up there. Yeah, it was fast. <laughs> yeah. I remember there was one, I was on a camp out with my boys, and we heard these two huge booms. And some people in the camp out thought that it was. Uh, it was like an explosion or a power or something. And then, of course, everyone looked on their phone and two F-16s had scrambled uh, to Mar-a-Lago because somebody was, I guess, entering the TFR. And they, oh. they had sonic booms just off the coast here, or maybe it was on the inside, on the Everglades side, uh, which is extremely rare, right? Because you're not supposed to have sonic booms over uh, land in populated areas. I think a lot of people were busting that TFR when it was down here in South Florida. I heard that oh, they were getting mess. scrambled at the time for... You know, yeah, so, you know, people well, going into you restrict uh, an extremely dense and popular part of the aviation world. I mean, aviation Florida is one of the aviation capitals of the world, and then sure. also you just can't say you can't fly around West Palm Beach. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like that's a lot. Um, Some so Rudy over here would have loved to fly the Concorde. You know, oh, that yeah, 
I'm, I'm sure you've been out to TNT. For those of you that don't know TNT, it's out in the middle of the Everglades, 10,000-foot runway. Um, all of the schools down here do a lot of training and practice out, out there. And uh, it was de developed and designed for the Concord. It was supposed to be the – what was the name of it? It was a, the – the, the super port of the future. It was going to have 10 runways and bullet trains that run to Miami and to Tampa and all these things. And now it's just 10,000 feet of asphalt out there in the middle of the Everglades. Um, surprising. So 15-minute flight to get there, hour and a half drive to, <laughs> to get out there. I was like, I never want to drive out here again. Um, but anyway, tangent. Um, yeah, bucket list items would be amazing. I, what I did... It, yeah, it was kind of a bucket list item. I started dabbling into aerobatics. Um, I was out in Vegas and I flew with, the name escapes me right now, uh, but I got to fly an extra 300. And then oh, I was so, yeah, those are fun. And uh, I was so jazzed that when I came back here, one of our neighbors flies at Pitts. Um, Peter has this great foundation called uh, Beacon 14s, the number 14. Uh, 14s, a little double entendre there. But basically, he uh, fundraises to give foster kids flights in his pits and try yeah. to inspire them to aviation. I was like, that's just, that's awesome. Not a great that's way great. to inspire kids. Have you done much uh, in the way of aerobatics? Yeah, I've I flown with Sean D. Tucker a few times. Nice. Uh, we flew down here. I flew with him at Oshkosh. And with uh, Mike Goulian's team, Pablo, at, we've simulated Red Bull Air Race one at Sun and Fun a couple of years ago. Beautiful. And shout out to Mike Goulian. And Pablo back then, they actually let, took up my dad and my... Oh, I saw people. that. Yes. Yeah, and he, they let him do some loops, loops and barrel rolls. And I was so worried about him because, you know, he's an older guy, but he loved it so much. So, yeah, big shout out to Mike William and Pablo for taking up my dad. That was something he'll never forget. But, no, I love aerobatics. It's fun. It is. It is. You know, and so many people kind of really focus in on the career, the airline, like... Let's make a nice paycheck, A to B, and all that kind of stuff. That there's so much other aviation out there that you get to see in the general aviation, the GA world, right? Um, which again, coming back to your channel, I think people see something out of the norm. Everyone's so focused on the airlines that when they get to see you flying into all these different places, somebody told me some statistics, I, and I'm totally gonna get this wrong. There's something on the order of there's like 5,000 airports in the U.S. and airliners only fly into about five percent of them. Yeah, you're basically just stuck on the same routes over and over and over for the most part. Right. That's what I love about the kind of flying I do. Like, I don't know from month to month, like, I might go to some really cool destinations that, you know, I've never thought I'd ever get to go to. Like, I land, when I landed the TBM at uh, down in St. Martin, mm -hmm. when I, you know, I got that famous approach that goes right over right. the beach. Yeah, the big beach approach. I was like, when I got to do that, I was like, whoa, that was a bucket, it was a smaller down in the bucket list items, but the landing at that beach was on my list of things I always wanted to do. So it was just really fun to be able to accomplish that. And there was so many people. I got I coming into the land and the beach was just packed and they're all waving at me, but I'm like, okay, why? This is not impressive. It just seemed a little too like <laughs> But then I just realized there was like a 747 right behind me coming into the land. Wow. So I got lucky that everybody was on the beach waiting for the big airplane to land and i was just the little guy in front of the big one so i got to see a lot of people in yeah. Ireland. it's impressive to see those i think it's klm that flies in there a lot with the the big 747s we've got some students from st martin from all the islands and uh, one of our, our creative team students uh crystal sent us a, a beautiful picture of her with the airplane flying right overhead i want to go there i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to get into more caribbean flying I keep saying it, and I'm inspired now. I do more Caribbean. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, as you go through your career now, you've you've so experienced. Are you gonna? I mean, maybe it's not the place to talk about it, right? Because your your boss might be listening. But do you want to stay in this in this world with your the TBM? Like, do you do you see yourself? You know, there's some really large paychecks going on in that airline world, and they are sucking up corporate pilots left and right. Um, I know I see it every day. I see people that are starting their careers and jumping over there, and then a lot of retirees coming back into the corporate world. It's a weird kind of uh, cycle happening in the aviation world. I told my boss, I told him this many years ago. I said, as long as you keep uh, the TBM or an air, maybe upgrade eventually would be nice because this one keeps breaking down all the time. But as long as he keeps an airplane, I said I would retire with him. Uh, to me, beautiful. I, making a lot of money is one thing in life, but to me, quality of life, to be able to spend it with your family and friends and make a decent amount of money, that's more important than just making a ton of money. I'd rather be happy and have a good quality of life. 
and that's what and that's what I have right now. So let's take a moment on that because it's something you hear all the time in the forums. You know, United just released this whole thing, and then the 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 conversation turns to quality of life, and it's a term that you hear a, a lot. Um, so I guess I guess a bit of a balance. The quality of life. When you think airlines, you think probably a more predictable schedule, uh, kind of more like clocking in and clocking out from a job, right? How does the quality of life? Uh, how's the quality of life better in the corporate world? Well, here's the thing. There's different types of corporate jobs. Like I had jobs in the corporate world where you were on call and you would have to be at the airport within one hour. That's horrible quality of life. My mm-hmm. schedule, I basically know my schedule a month in advance and I don't really have to work that much. So I'm not burnt out. I know my schedule in advance and I have a lot of free time to enjoy all the other activities that I enjoy besides aviation. So it's very, I guess I kind of have a very rare type of job because it's, you know, just my work rules are amazing and it's not like that in all corporate jobs. Somehow I just got really lucky. Well, I mean, that goes to what you just said, you know, when you find the right gig, you hold on to it, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't give that up. I mean, not all corporate jobs are, I'd rather fly at an airline besides do being on call one hour to get to the airport again because you make plans to do anything and then all of a sudden you get that call and you got to be there at the airport within one hour. That's horrible quality of life. But I did that job because I knew uh, to get single pilot, you know, experience and uh, was, you know, for flying turbines around. So I knew it was what I needed to do for my resume. And, you, and again, it's an interesting one because of the TBM, because of its range and all that. Like, you know, you can go pretty far, but it's not like if you're a global pilot, you could be on the other side of the world by tomorrow by tomorrow morning. And uh, that's, a, I think, probably a different quality of life because you have these very long trips. I mean, people don't usually travel to, you know, Tokyo for the day and come back. Right? No, my real good friend, he's on Instagram, Owen, uh, fly with Owen. He flies Gulf streams and I follow him, you know, he's my friend. He's in a different country every day. I'm like, anybody's young. So a, a young guy, that's a good fun lifestyle. You know, when you're young and you don't, you know, have, a, you're not tied down, I think, but by following him, I'm like, whoa, yeah, it's pretty cool to see. He's living a really awesome life. Good to see the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to one of our instructors that just kind of finished with us uh, late last year and I was just checking in on him. I forget what it was for. I was just checking in on him and he's like, oh, I can't call you right now. I'm in Spain. I'm like, how do you know Spain? He's, he's flying a, a Gulfstream. He's second in a Gulfstream. I was like, oh, wow, that was quick. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, and that's a good point because for different stages of your life, you're talking about a young guy, different stages of your life, there's different opportunities, right? Um, it's yeah, fly your butt off. You know, when you're young, you're doing something, you don't have a mortgage, you don't have kids or anything like that, like fly your butt off um, and and go to far-flung places, new cultures, new foods, new experiences. At the same time, you know, I also hear a lot of people on the backside of their career, they want to be able to sleep in their own home. So one of our partners, uh, Silver Airways, flying right out of Fort Lauderdale International a lot, uh, it's a 121 airline flying flying SOBs and ATRs where you pretty much go home every night. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, when you get older in life, you're married, kids. That's where you want to be with your family and friends more. You don't want to be stuck living in hotels. Yeah, away from home. Well, funny enough, a lot of our graduates that don't want to become instructors also go to uh, IBC, which is a kind of a local uh, cargo airline. And I, I didn't know this. I found out they only fly Monday through Friday. Wow, I didn't even know that. I I know. Like what kind of airline only flies Monday through Friday? Like you always, you always hear (laughs) that your your weekends and your holidays for the rest of your life are gone. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, I got to look into IBC. That's interesting. Yeah. No, a lot, there's, there's something for everyone out there that, that meets, you know, everyone's not a cookie cutter fit for the airlines. Uh, and there's a lot of variety in aviation. So, yeah, you've got to find what's the right fit for you. Uh, we're kind of getting to the end of our hour, so I'd love to take some questions. I know we've got some attendees here. I'm going to also take a look at questions on Facebook. Um, the, De- that's interesting. Declan wants to know uh, if you have types and how many types do you have? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I got uh, typed in the uh, Saab 340, the Fairchild Metroliner, and I think that's about it. Just those two airplanes for type aircraft type rating. Excellent. But I have my, as far as my, I have my ATP license, you know, sure. support pilot. I've always heard the Saab is a really nice plane to fly. Uh, I haven't had the well, opportunity. If you can fly a Saab, I mean, that's old school kind of. So like the overhead, there's a million buttons and a million lights and you got to know what every one of them does. So it's a lot of fun to, 
I, it was an intimidating airplane, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Definitely. Excellent. Uh, let's see going on down here. Uh, Alberto online. Oh, one of our students, Hey Alberto wants to know a lot of YouTubers are catching heat from the FAA for posting videos in the cockpit. How do you make so much content without the, making the FAA angry? And I want to say you did upset the no, FAA. No, I've been under formal, full investigation by the FAA. They didn't like my caravan stuff because it was a part 135 company. Mm. And even though I was filming just on empty legs, they came, at me, they came at me for everything. You're flying drones in your videos. Do you have your, you know, your drone license? Yes. And uh, break the sterile cockpit. I mean, they, every single thing you can think of, they came at me for. And wow. they made me do an examination ride. Really? I, wow, that far. Uh, it was thankfully they let me. I, the company I was flying the caravans for, they let me use the caravan for the examination ride. But, um, I don't know. There's a million different things, but yes, you, they don't really bother you on Part 91 stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now: don't break any Part 91 rules, like or do anything that is not right, because they mm. are watching. And when you put your stuff out and for the world to see, you got to make sure it's correct and done right within all the rules and the guidelines so yeah that makes sense i mean you're documenting whatever it is that you did that you're that you're doing wrong right like that the guy that jumped out of his plane that was ridiculous oh that was horrible that was like so irresponsible was, I, think, I think they yanked his license or suspended yeah. it for it should be yanked permanently in my opinion yeah that was excessive that was excessive uh let's see what questions we've got coming on here um but, um well alberto also says that his bucket list item is an alaskan Bush trip, flying awesome. out to the Alaskan bush. Ever had a chance to do that? I haven't, but that would be on my on the list. That would be too. That, that sounds like it would be a lot of fun. Who did I meet recently? Was it um, who? He's, he's out in Alaska. Uh, he also does a lot of YouTube videos. His name is Casey right now. But we met at the Flight School Association, and uh, I, I want to go visit him. It just sounds like so much fun. My father was a bush pilot down in the Amazon. That's how uh, we kind of women aviation got its start. Was in bush flying. Uh, let's see how the questions got here. Uh, Rudy just says that your videos have been a great source for information. Uh, he's working on his PPL out of Opalaka. Oh, with us. Thank you, Rudy. Uh, but it's taking longer than expected. Pandemic, work, family, and life. Uh, the Zooms and the videos and your videos keep them going. Um, any advice for somebody like that? I mean, like, you, you said you came to it after your stint in the Coast Guard. I, honestly, I'm coming back to aviation after, you know, it was probably like 15 odd years. That I didn't really fly very much. Like, how do you dig in? How do you keep moving? You know, when you're I, I always just say, I mean, to me, I always say just to have fun and enjoy each step of your training. Like, don't look to get all the way to the end. Just look at the next step. And yeah. before you know it, you're going to be all the way to where you want to go. And at the time, you don't think it's going very fast. But when once you get there, you're going to be like, whoa, that was, I can't believe I'm already got my ATP license and I'm flying for an airline. And you're going to think well, it went actually went quicker than you thought it was. But when you're looking to get into the future, it always seems like it's going slow. But then once you get there, you're like, whoa, that went fast. That's how it went for me. So just have fun and enjoy each step and don't try to rush through it. And That's just true. have fun. Yeah, there's no overnight success. You know, whenever you see somebody uh, and successful, it, it didn't happen from one day to the next. You said you started making YouTube videos in 2006. Uh, when did you start flying? Oh, man. Uh, I'd have to go look at my logbooks. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> and probably a few years before that. I, I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're like 15 plus years in, right? There's no overnight success. Uh, it is one flight at a time, uh, one ride at a time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're working through your private now and you're only flying on the weekends or every other week, you know, keep it going, keep it going. Uh, honestly, right now is the best time that I've ever seen to get into the aviation industry, aviation cyclical, very ups and downs. But the numbers that are being thrown out for you know, starting salaries, the financing, 10 years ago, you couldn't get financing, it was impossible. It was, yeah. you know, you had to sell your car. <laughs> and that was kind of like the only way to get there. So the fact that, you know, two thirds of the people applying for Sally Mae loans with us are getting approved is wonderful. And yeah. Um, and we're getting visits constantly from airlines. Like I mentioned, uh, I've got American airlines, um, working on something with them that I hope will give fruit by the end of the summer, but they want to hire 2000 pilots this year. Wow. Yeah. That's no, a great time to get into aviation. 
I heard this crazy statistic that 70% of American Airlines pilots are retiring in the next five to 10 years. Seven yeah, and I read that they're slashing their schedule too because of the pilot shortage. Like, yeah. you know, they don't have the pilots to fly all their routes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal time to get into it. And, uh, you know, for those of you that, that love aviation, maybe you fly Flight Simulator a lot or you're into RC planes or whatever it might be, go to your local airport, give us a call if you're here in South Florida, and go for a discovery flight, right? Just get into a cockpit of a plane, you have an instructor with you, fly down the beach or, you know, the, the local, every airport has a local route where they show you all the sites, whether it's the lake or the cannon or whatever might be nearby, and check it out. In that one hour, you're going to know if you love aviation or not. Right and uh, and if at the worst, it's a great way to spend a Saturday morning. For sure. Yeah. Uh, any parting words for people that want to get into aviation? No, I am just like I said, just go for it. I mean, you only live once, and uh, you know, I never want to get to the end of it and say, "What if?" So I'd rather go out there and just get it done and see what it's all about. So, uh, if this was people's first time coming across you, where can they find you? Where can they find your content? How can they contact you? Yeah, so if you like aviation stuff, like Stevo One Knievo on YouTube and Stevo Knievo on Instagram, and then also Facebook is the three big platforms I use the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the Instagram gets a little bit more behind the scenes compared to the YouTube videos, like just like what's going on and a lot of my layovers and like when my airplane breaks down, I show a lot more on Instagram. So that's like a bullet holes going through the roof, like engine issues or whatever it could be. That's where you see a lot more like behind the scenes stuff is on my Instagram. Yeah, I think people really enjoy that, you know, because uh, the video, I think you have about one video a month more or less, and people really kind of like following along with your adventures. Yeah, yeah. I used to, every, I was, for many years, it was every other Friday I would upload, but lately with my flying schedule not being as much, as I'm doing about a video a month right now, but it's still a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, Instagram is where I do a lot more of my content, you know, current up-to-date stuff. Excellent. Well, I'll definitely be looking for you there and I'm looking forward to doing just more work with you uh, over the next few months. And for anyone that wants to contact us, you can find us on all the social media platforms at Wayman Aviation. That's on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Our TikTok is actually doing really well right now. I just kind of started dabbling into that and uh, I'm pretty happy about it. So, And thank you for all the great feedback, all the questions that were sent to us. You can find this uh, immediately on Facebook. It'll be on YouTube and then our podcast, Inside Aviation, uh, probably in the next week or two. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thanks to all everybody that follows along. It's, it's really appreciated. Thanks for having me on here. My pleasure. You have a great evening. Yeah, same to you. This series is brought to you by Wayman Aviation Academy. Learn to fly with a safe, reliable, professional academy located between Miami and Fort Lauderdale in sunny South Florida, USA. Enjoy the training and cosmopolitan life with Wayman's 42 aircraft, six airline partners, and two bases to help you be the captain.